There we go. Okay, now I can hear you. All right, how's it going? It's it's going. That's for sure. Cool. So, how uh, do you want me to open your YouTube? I don't even know. Can I, can I do that on Twitch? I don't even know. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Because uh, I'm on, I'm streaming on Twitch right now. I don't know right. if I can open a YouTube tw uh, stream on Twitch. Uh... actually, no. well, I'll, I'll just be safe about it. That's all right. Uh, so uh, nice to talk to you again, man. Yeah, it's it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, I think. Uh... ago or so yeah it was you were i think our third guest hmm. it was it was the one that I, I was so excited for it i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right let me i'll at least uh i'll copy the link here and then if anyone wants to watch in your stream too uh let's see copy all right. My camera doesn't want to work, which sucks. All right. So for uh, everyone else out here who doesn't know, uh, this is my friend Finn. He's a personal trainer. Um, I hopped on his podcast with him and his friend uh, a year and a half ago or so just to I don't, just talk. Um, they asked me a bunch of good questions. We got into some life advice, stuff like that. So yeah, it was a good conversation. He's also a big CSGO fan. Huge. It's... It's the only it's the only esport that I uh, would follow if I had to choose one. And Dota, right? Dota Dota's Dota's amazing, but hey, CS is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, CS is CS is like one of the first um, that I've ever you know gotten into watching as well. It just really I can't, doesn't I, can't I can't bring myself to learn Dota. I just can't do it. I I feel like you'd be really really good at Dota. Why is that? I think, <laughs> and this sounds. I mean, you, you don't. You don't have to toot my horn. Like, you know, <laughs> blow me up. No, no. Why, no, why do you I, think I'd be good at Dota? No, I think and this sounds stupid, but um, like I think because there's more items. Mm. Need my camera to work because there's more items. Like, and all of the items do so many different things. I think you would actually see a lot of success there. Hmm. It's more like a, a knowledge-based game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That and there's just a lot more um, outs if you end up doing poorly when it comes to uh, the actual <laughs> rotations and gameplay. True. True. But yeah, so it's been a while. You, uh, you've been pretty busy in the year and a half, two years since we've talked last. Yeah. Yeah. Some would say probably doing a little too much, but... <laughs> I yeah I I feel that <laughs> sometimes yeah. sometimes when you put too much on your plate things can kind of uh, either start to implode or just a lot of a lot of different things. Yeah, what I found is uh since uh, I have pretty bad ADHD too, like mm. I will start doing everything like kind of halfway, um, which makes it challenging for sure to uh, finish projects, which is why I end up taking on so many projects. Yeah. It I'm I'm definitely that way too. It's <laughs> it's not yeah. easy sometimes. You know, you're all like, yeah. oh, this is great. You get going, you're like halfway through, something shiny catches your eye and you're like, oh, let me look into that. And then as you go along, you just lose sight of the other thing. Yeah, exactly. 
but yeah, so uh, so for those uh, in my community that don't that weren't around when Doctor Sai was last on, he is the coolest person to ever exist. He's <laughs> he's so sick. It's not even funny. Like, because uh, you're you're an army vet. Yep. You you've seen combat. Yep. You uh, a bit. <laughs> you went you went to school as a non traditional student. Uh, got a doctorate in physical therapy. Yeah. And opened up your own clinic. You work with how many esports orgs? Uh, I have worked with, and I mean, like actually, uh, long term relationships with, like in terms of seeing them every week. I've worked with three. So Hundred Thieves, Cloud Nine, EG. Um, but I have worked in passing with players from probably three or four other orgs. Um, so like you know, T1, uh, TSM, um, Golden Guardians, uh, Dignitas, um, <laughs> some of the smaller <laughs> orgs as well, like Soar. Yeah, it's just so many. And like, yeah, you know, you list off these names and people from. God, almost any esport can can listen, can hear that, and they're all like, "Oh, I yeah. know them." What? There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of orgs in a lot of games. <laughs> and you, you mostly work with them because you live in the Los Angeles area, right? Correct. Okay, which I mean could be, I'm pretty sure, like a 50 mile radius. <laughs> uh, try, try like 10 or 15. <laughs> it's it's so big. Yeah. Like I live in yeah. I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I live downtown. I could literally see where the College World Series happens from my window. Jeez. But like, I also work in Omaha five miles away. Mm-hmm. But it's not quite Omaha, but it is Omaha. It's a whole it's a whole weird thing. But then yeah. there's... Act- I mean, if you think about LA, LA proper, like LA sprawl is like 30 mile radius, probably 40 mile radius. It's huge. I mean, no, no, I, that's wrong. I want to say like 20 mile radius. So mm-hmm. diameter wise, it'd be like 50 miles, 60 miles. It's huge. <laughs> it's so um, and so, and then also because of traffic, right? Like if you're on the West side of LA where I am, Santa Monica, and I'm trying to drive to Koreatown, it's only, it's 12 and a half, 13 miles away. Uh, when there's traffic, it's an hour and a half <laughs> to go through. I could run that, you know, in 13, <laughs> like I could run it faster than that. It's ridiculous. So yeah, it's just a very different place, I think. Yeah, and so uh, living there, you're you're very involved with uh, Riot Games and the LCS. Mm-hmm. Not Riot yeah. specifically, but like. Well, yeah, I mean, most Riot, most of the games I work with, uh, players in those games are all Riot uh, affiliated games. So Valorant, um, League of Legends is my my primary focus. Uh, some I've worked with a lot of CS:GO players. I've worked some players that you're you, you know pretty well. Um, actually, I saw Tim today. Oh, Automatic. My. Yeah, so I went over to check him out for something, but yeah, he's uh, he's playing with EG now too, so it's good. Oh. Um, and yeah, I've met a lot of really cool people, a lot of uh, a lot of big names, you know, that I was fans of growing up. Like, uh, it, it was kind of cool to be integrated into a scene like that, where you know, you it, it's like there's a there's a whole element of like you know some starstruckness, but not really because at the same time you meet them and you're like man these guys are just like regular gamers like mm-hmm. me you know like they they just enjoy playing the game they just happen to be really good at it. <laughs> I think it's crazy because like the time that I spent with college athletes was kind of the same in a sense. 
<laughs> where it's like, you know, they're just regular college students. They just so happen to be really, really good at hitting people, you know, on the football <laughs> <Yeah>. field. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and like, um, and when, when I had on one of my friends um, who's in the NFL right now, uh, Dylan Saner, on one mm. of the couple of times I had him on, I can't remember if it was the five and a half hour episode or Dang. The, uh, <laughs> wow, or, or another one, but he was telling us stories about how Iowa State's last quarterback like got his shot and how quiet, super quiet Christian kid never had completed a forward pass. And then mm-hmm. suddenly they get him put into the game. Halftime, he's like banging on lockers, swearing at everybody, telling them to get their asses up. <laughs> it's like, dude, like they go from being this normal everyday person to suddenly it's like, you know, just the person that people look up to, basically. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, so like, like you work with high level athletes, right? Mostly or? Um. For the most part, uh, right now, because I have to wind down my business due to legal reasons, which sucks. But um, huh. right now, I mostly work with uh, high school trans athletes. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, I tell them every time, I'm like, you know, this is a learning experience for both of us. We we gotta, you know, work together to figure out what works. That's a that's a very niche market. It's it is, but it's also been it was it was definitely my most successful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's a especially right now. There's a lot of controversy around all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, especially in terms when it comes to like people claiming competitive advantage, disadvantage, all that stuff. It's a a I, lot of talk about it, especially right now. And I remember um, when the Olympics were coming up, which I ended up deleting that DM just because I'm all like, I feel like the wording on that was bad. Um, mm-hmm. But you know the uh, the male to female uh, Olympic weightlifter. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know how they ended up doing, uh, whether whether she uh, won. Well, they or... clearly they clearly didn't win, right? Because otherwise that had been a huge story. Yeah, I f- I feel like it would have had to, have right? Been. Um, but it, it's uh, it always you know what it is though. To me, it seems a lot like that the anti-trans athlete movement is really really spurred by the same people who were also highly motivated by sexism in general like because mm-hmm. they never ever complain about a female to male it's always going to be male to female so there's an inherent right. assumption that males are better than females right right like that's the only argument they have males are better than females therefore if they switch to females it's cheating mm-hmm. like, and, and uh, yeah I, I feel like a good example of that would be the the female swimmer from Penn mm-hmm. um, who you know, one, I think it was a single event and then placed, I think it was like top 10 in another one. And everybody was like, oh my God, look, they beat an Olympic silver medalist. And it's like, okay, but they didn't get as good of a time as the Olympic silver medalist did when she got her silver medal. Mm-hmm. So like, what's your point? It seems like she had an off day, you know, and they were, and then, and then people were trying to make the argument like, oh, well, you know, she has this advantage she went from being a horrible swimmer to being one of the best it's like no she was a good swimmer in the event that she did well in yeah but they don't they don't actually take the time to like look they don't want to actually understand what's going on they just want to be mad (laughs) yeah i mean everyone just wants to be mad about something (laughs) like 
it doesn't even affect you if you're not right. one right. you're not a trans athlete and two you're not even competing why do you care exactly exactly and at the same time why should these trans athletes have less of a right to compete in my opinion right right you know it's like gay marriage was codified today by the house so now it goes yeah. to biden's desk and there was there was a uh, representative from i think it was missouri because of course it's for, mm-hmm. it's missouri who was literally crying on the house floor because she was all like you know i ask that the, that the congress does the right thing and protects what god says a marriage truly is and it's like this doesn't affect you at all right right you care the most when it doesn't affect you at all that's crazy yeah yeah it's um, um bill burr yeah, no, as no, I said, we, we, we're, see, we're seeing a lot of this even in, in esports right now, right? Like in gaming where there's much less of a clear delineation between male and female in terms of performance, right? It's not like because a male is genetically going to have more muscle mass, it's a huge advantage. Like there's, mm-hmm. no, there's no reason to think that having muscle mass makes you better at gaming. Right. Otherwise, I'd be freaking high elo. <laughs> and in fact, <laughs> I suck. So like what is the genetic advantage of being male in gaming? Right. And right. what they always revert to is, oh, males have slightly faster reaction times, which is true. And I, I've done some research into this because I was curious. When all this stuff came up last year, um, this is not the first time, obviously, but when it all came mm-hmm. up last year, I was like, I'm kind of interested. I'm going to do some research. So I read a whole bunch of research articles, looked at a bunch of systematic reviews, and statistically across the board, males between the ages of like 18 to 30 do have slightly faster reaction times than females do. But the difference is negligible when you take into account that it takes 60 milliseconds for any or 60 yeah milliseconds for anything to translate from your brain to your any part of your body right to, to actually click the mouse it takes 60 milliseconds the difference between male and female is like 20 milliseconds like huh. that's negligible like the amount of time it takes for you to think to click your finger is triple the difference <laughs> that is that is insane and you add in the fact i mean where does where does reaction time matter the most? What kind of games? Not many, actually, right? When you think about high level esports, you know, we think of it, like let's say shooters, right? People like mm. FPS games tend to have the the greatest need for reaction timing, right. sure. But when you look at an FPS game at a high level, they are not generally trying to react to things. They're trying to anticipate. They're trying to like like I was just practicing even. They're trying to set angles and cut in to and their their crosshair placement is already aligned to where they expect the enemy to be. Mm. They're they're not walking into a room staring blind and then transitioning to whatever they see. You know, right, right. So and, and your reaction yeah. time is always faster when you're expecting something to happen. Exactly, and then in the same vein, if reaction time is really that important, why in CS:GO do we see such a high percentage of players at such an older age now? Yeah, Forest, get like, right. Yeah, um, I mean, like, even simple, right? Like he was what, 25, 26? Yeah, he's getting up like there. Like back, man, 10 years ago, people would say, oh, he's about to retire. Like, <laughs> it's insane, right? But like, uh, I, I would say that, you know, we've seen Hiko, you know, was playing at professional Valorant into like 32, 33. Yeah. Like all these guys have been playing at such a high level into their 30s when you would say, I mean, there's a, a for sure statistical drop off between 20 and 30 mm-hmm. in terms of reaction time. The difference between a male at 20 to 30 is far greater than a difference between male and female at any other age range. Right. So why is it that a male 
at 31 is still able to compete against an 18 year old, but somehow women cannot like <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> that, that, when you put it like that, that's the absolute dumbest thing ever. Like yeah, It makes zero <laughs> sense. Like there's no physiological reason why a female cannot play games as well as a male. Like I can, I can argue a female will never run as fast as the fastest male or a female right. will never run or, or would never lift as much weight as the strongest male. Of right. course there's physiologic differences there that make it so that they, they can't do that. But when it comes to gaming, I mean, what, when you think about who are the best gamers in the world are at any game, what is it that they have? It's not that they're stronger, faster or anything, right? They understand the game to a greater degree. Right. No, exactly. And like the biggest comparison I like to make is, is STEM, right? Uh, can you believe that 50 years ago, women were not allowed to be scientists? Like basically, <laughs> you know, they were prohibited from going to a lot of universities in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, and then all, or I guess nowadays, probably more like a hundred years ago. But when you think about, well, nowadays, when you, what do you see in STEM? The preponderance is actually massively skewed towards women. There mm -hmm. are far more female researchers now than male there's far more uh female doctors are coming into the the actual like med schools and all that stuff uh when i was in pt school my class was 65 percent women or 70 percent women like higher education should be gatekept by intelligence generally and if there's such a high preponderance of women entering higher education by higher education i don't mean college i mean postgraduate mm. uh, what does that say? Oh, well, maybe women are just as smart, if not smarter than men. <laughs> and if we're thinking about gaming as an intellectual pursuit, right? The smartest player generally wins. Uh, the people who understand the game the best generally win. And the actual mechanical ability is negligible, basically, across the board at the highest level. I mean, there's absolutely no reason why we won't see female athletes get to the exact same or higher standard than the male athletes. They just need the opportunity to do so. And I think that's that's been the big issue. They don't get that opportunity, right? And it's it's crazy when you think about all of it, because at the end of the day, what's what's the thing keeping people from, you know, realizing how dumb they are? I mean, this is a much greater discussion, though. The you know, you're, you're talking about like changing societal expectation and norms. Exactly. Um, I think it's because guys have just been allowed to play video games forever. So it's it's normal for them to play, you know, Valorant for 14 hours a day, be hard stuck silver, you yeah. know, but then a girl does it and suddenly it's completely different. Until you get in game, in which case uh, everybody either loves her or hates her. There's yeah. no in between. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Which is so which is so stupid. One of my favorite um, Dota videos ever is uh, th there was, uh, I think it was a Southeast Asian uh, server game. And mm. suddenly this girl comes on to the VC and she asks for wards and you just hear another guy scream because he heard a girl. <laughs> he like freaks out and apparently he started playing way better. Okay, well, <laughs> like it, it, it's, it wasn't I mean, like one it, of those, it, like, it, no, no, it goes one of two ways, right? Like you either like get motivated for whatever reason, like, Hey, I need to impress this, this person mm -hmm. or 
you freak out because you're a sexist asshole and you start <laughs> running it down. I've seen both, right? I've yeah. seen both. Oh yeah. Um, I, I've, I've always called it out in game when, um, people are like trying to, uh, I, I mean, I've seen, like, I was playing, uh, I was playing bot lane in league, right. And I had a, a support who was playing Lux or something. And like one of my teammates just started flaming her for no, like, she missed a cue whatever it happens right it happens at the pro level mm. but he just started going off and talking about how oh you're garbage because you're a woman like you're good though unlucky team diff because we got a woman on our team i'm like dude what is wrong with you i was like you're one you're jungling is garbage because you're fucking three levels down but i mean how are you just going to go off on someone like that because they're playing a female champion i don't even think her name was that female i mean it ends up she she ended up being female because like she uh, we kind of chatted in the lobby after but like like her name is something pretty generic and she was just playing a female spellcaster in a video game in a support role. So you just assume she's a woman. Mm. It was crazy. Uh, I actually think, I know you're not a huge Valorant fan because it's going to kill CSGO, but uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Sure. But Valorant is a, a scene in which women are, I think much more likely to do well. Because as a scene from the get-go, Riot's really, really supporting, highlighting, and promoting women in the space. Mm. Um, I know more female Valorant creators than almost any other game. I the mean, game, I know a lot of League changes. of Legends, obviously. I love watching yeah, the game, game changers. Oh series. my god, that that whole event was so good. C9 White and, is my is my jam. I love C9 White. Oh yeah, and the, the greatest storyline was they lost. Mm. Right, they they lost to another female team who was also playing at an insanely high level. So. I mean, it, it's just really nice to see uh, women competing at a tier one level. Um, I, I think that Val I've been saying this for a long time, but I'm going to reiterate, I'll put it on record. Um, Valorant is going to be the first game where we see women competing at the tier one level and actually being successful. Like you're going to, I think Valorant's going to be the first game to have truly integrated teams competing at a high level. Like there was one who, there was one trans woman who played in League of Legends uh, way back, but you know, not on a very good team, and they didn't do well. And unfortunately, and this is also highlighting why this is important. You know, she ended up, I think, either allegedly committing suicide or she she died very very young. Ooh, yes. uh, so I mean, it, it you know, I don't know if it's officially ruled a suicide, but like you kind of put two and two together, right? Like, there's a huge amount of evidence that. Um, trans individuals will all die before the age of 35 like it's there's it's like yeah. a it, god what is it like 41 percent suicide rate it's it's very 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 high and, and why is that you know it's it's because they're treated like shit by you know both sides almost yeah um and it's it's terrible you know like here's someone who got to the very highest level of a game that they clearly loved was arguably successful, changed the world essentially by being one of the first female players to, to get there mm -hmm. and was flamed so hard that, you know, she couldn't stay doing it. Like it, she just couldn't do it. And yeah, it's, it's really rough. And you hear stuff like that all the time, right? Like uh, I think some scenes are better about it than others. Like there's a couple uh, trans athletes in the Starcraft scene who are very, very good. Uh, Scarlet. I'm actually a huge Scarlet fan. Um, she plays Zerg. She's nasty. But what, what country is Scarlet from? Canada. Canada. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's so clearly they can do it, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
Starcraft, okay, now I'm, I'm going to get a little bit of bias here. Starcraft to me is the hardest esport in the world to become pro at. Like, I'll, I'll put that uh, out there. I feel like there I are harder, it, I feel like there are harder ones, but there aren't, but I feel like it's the hardest that is known to the level that it is. Like, there's, there's, con there's comparisons of Starcraft to being like a grandmaster level chess player who also has mechanics. I, I like, think, I think with Starcraft, it would be easier if it was still a livelier scene. Oh, oh, oh no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm talking like at its prime, though. Oh uh, no, yeah, you know, oh yeah, okay. Uh, at its prime, right? At its peak, what like sure. ten or fifteen years ago? Sure, sure becoming sure. a StarCraft pro was the hardest possible game to go like tier one in. Like it's so insanely hard. And and the thing about StarCraft, just like in chess, if you are better than your opponent, you will win ninety nine percent of games against that opponent. Like it's so difficult to actually beat them. You know what I mean? Like. If you're a higher elo in chess, you are just going to beat people below you almost every time. Like, there's no challenge. Yeah, when I was learning StarCraft, it was super difficult to win for, like, the first two, three months. Mm -hmm. It was so frustrating. I was so ready to quit. And then I, yeah. did, and then I did quit, and now I'm happy. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I, I absolutely love the game. Uh, it's it's not it's not something I can play. I just like watching it. Mm -hmm. Yasuke, yeah. When people say the difference in reflexes isn't that big, they never mention the actual data. Oh, the actual delta. Right, but again, like the comparison is, if you take a thirty a thirty year old compared to a twenty year old, it's an even larger difference than between male female at both the same age, right? Both eighteen or whatever. Um, and you know, we, there's been a lot of players. This, uh, that, this is why I always highlight Valorant because this is the first one where you're going to see that integration because there are tier one players like tens, you know, he's come out and said like Mel from C9 white could play tier one mm -hmm. with men. If she wanted to, if she wanted to jump off of C9 and stop winning every single event, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she could totally probably, friends and... yeah, uh, yeah. Playing <laughs> with people she likes. Um, she could probably play at a tier one level with men like mm -hmm. integrated, uh, she's better than most of these players. And then everyone always likes to highlight, oh, but C9 White's never beaten a tier two men's team. I mean, there's a there's a lot of factors there for sure, right? They've actually gotten very close to beating a, a bunch of tier two men's teams. If you look at Valorant as a whole, though, I mean, it's just, it's a hard game. Like, I'd like to see that happen eventually, but they're also coming from competing against a caliber of That's teams lower. that is not as good. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. just not competing. So if they were only competing with men's teams, I guarantee they would climb. They would actually be better than they are. But this also highlights the the inherent uh, inadequacy or, or I guess unfairness of the esports scene is that most men's teams won't even scrim them. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's they just don't do it. They don't schedule scrims with them. They'd rather scrim other tier one men's teams. Yeah, so, it's like it's like I I I'm still trying out for CS teams, trying to like. Um, you know, join a team as an entry frag. Um, mm -hmm. But I I can't find a team that, that'll take me because when I do well is when I'm able to give information. When I don't mm -hmm. do well is when I'm able to get a lot of kills because yeah. I can't find anything because these teams are bad where I'm mm -hmm. able to get a lot of kills because they just play really poorly. It's like, okay, well, what do I do? Yeah. They're like, well, you, yeah. you, you really didn't give us a whole lot. It's like, what? <laughs> What was I supposed yeah. to give you? Oh, guy, 
I mean, you know. team, team. I mean, this is all. This comes down to a different issue of like, uh, teams are not very good at scouting, and that's across the board, mm-hmm. almost universally. Some teams are. You know, you see teams like uh, Astralis, right, or uh, other teams that have very established systems in place. They they're they're pretty good about finding players and plugging them in. Um, like, I, I mean, Astralis is a bad example just because. And I don't know how much you know about Astralis, but like they were player founded. And so they already had mm. that foundation. And then they brought in a total of two people when they were in like their prime era. And then, okay. so, so I mean, well, like, maybe, I, I get what you're maybe, saying. Uh, I get what you're like, saying. Like FaZe, FaZe actually did a pretty good job. Oh yeah. The suit, the, the FaZe did a really good job twice. Yeah. They did a really good yeah. job twice. Yeah. Yeah. They're, really good, the, they're kind of good now. They're kind of good now with the finding, what's his name? That young kid. Um, Brawly or, or I forgot what the, it's some eighteen year old they signed. He he's actually insane. Uh, Yasuke, actually that that's a really good point. Uh, Gen pop average top tier athletes are different. We need more data on top tier esports players. We don't mm-hmm. have it. And I I say esports players because I don't think they're the same as athletes. Right, because like athletes athletes have ways to get around stuff like that. You know, I think they're very different. I think that the best esports players in the world are a different build than the best athletes in the world. Like baseball. Like, I mean, look at baseball. Yeah. You yeah. know, that that's a sport where quite literally you, if, if it's a, if you're facing a good pitcher as a batter, you will not see the baseball coming. You physically cannot. And mm-hmm. so the way that they react is by watching the shoulder. That's why baseball players can't hit off of a softball pitcher. Jenny Finch, legendary softball pitcher, literally put Albert Pujols on his ass. And he's a Hall of Famer, you know, but then, (laughs) you know, but then you put him up against a baseball pitcher, his reaction time doesn't matter. He has this down to a science. Essentially, he sees the elbow, he sees the shoulder, do what he wants it to do. And then he hits the ball, Mm -hmm. you know, I love women getting, I do too. Yeah. So, I mean, we can go, uh, we can go back to the point about women and climbing and all that though. Right. Um, if you do a percent, I wish I had numbers to actually back this up because I, I don't know if there's a ton of data out there, but what percentage of the latter is high ELO, right? And then if you broke that down by, by gender, uh, I wonder if the distribution would be relatively the same. I don't, because, I don't think it is. Last well, I know. The, really? Like well, league specifically, right? I, oh, I have no I mean, clue I, about that game. Because oh, okay. because my, my obviously my my impression's a little bit skewed because I know so many of these high elo women, mm-hmm. um, like kind of personally. So it feels like there's a lot of them, and mm-hmm. I know a ton of guys who are high elo, obviously too. But I also don't know that many women in general who play consistently and not are, are actually trying to grind to become better. Because right. I think that's a major difference too. There's a lot of uh, either societal or or you know natural like the nature of the environment that they're in mm-hmm. makes it so that they don't think they can go pro. So they're not really playing the game to go pro. They're playing the game to maybe get better, but to like stream or to just have fun with it or, right, right. you know, just to, to practice. But like there's a, a higher percentage of men in the game who think maybe I could go pro. I, I know a ton of players who are like diamond plus mm. and they really aspire one day to potentially go pro. Right. Whereas a lot of diamond players I know that are female, like they don't ever see a shot at it. So they're never going to try to push to like GM plus, you know, like challenger. They're, they're looking at the game as like, well, it's content creation. I'm diamond and I can just play at this level and I'm going to get a lot of viewers. I could just stay here. Mm. Um, and it's, I don't think it's because they're women. I think it's because there's no female pros. 
which would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. And yeah. Dota, Dota recently created, I say recently, I think it was like a year, year and a half ago. Um, maybe even longer. I just found it a year, year and a half ago. Um, Dota created something called the Dota Valkyries uh, series, mm. where mm. it's it's just female teams that, you know, all female teams. And uh, because of that, most of the people in Dota that I follow now are either from North America or are female. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's really funny, but it's like, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a. Uh... So you say about that? Yeah, there, I mean, if you compare, like, even in traditional, if we go back to traditional sports too, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. obviously not a, I guess, a, a gender sex difference between competitiveness, right? You know, like I've seen a lot of guys suggest that oh, women are just less competitive. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Have you ever seen any high level female sports? Right? They're just what not actually competitive. Like we've seen more women go into sports in the last 10 years, you know, 20 years than, than a lot of guys now. All right. Like every, every girl I know has played like soccer or, or softball or volleyball or basketball. Like there's a, there's so there's just as many female athletes out there in traditional sports. Why the hell would they not play video games at the same level? Oh, cause there are no female pro leagues. Like <laughs> there's no money in it. There's no like representation of them on a pro level. So if you don't have that infrastructure in place, of course, nobody's going to pursue it. Right. I mean, just in the past couple of years, like I'm a huge volleyball fan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I, 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 I actually cried today because of volleyball. It was not a good day. Um, oh no! Yeah, Nebraska lost. It was. <laughs> what, Sorry was to it? hear that. Wasn't fun, but hey, you know what? It's been a rough last like three, four years. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, we made it to the Sweet 16. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. But um, volleyball was kind of seeing a decline for basketball or cross country or whatever sport kind of coincides with uh, when whenever your high school plays volleyball. But then the last like three or so years, volleyball has been on the rise. And it's because suddenly in America, there's a volleyball pro league Mm -hmm. and like, they don't get paid a whole lot, but I don't think that they expect to. And, and like, it's crazy because you wouldn't expect that, but it's exactly (laughs) what you said. You know, you wouldn't expect the change to be so sudden, but like, it's exactly what you said. You know, people see representation and they go, I can do that. That can be me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, I, I really, so again, going back to Valorant too, they're setting up these systems for um, one, not not just female and male, but like anyone has a potential path to go pro now in Valorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a challenger series. You, you put a team together. If you happen to just be that cracked, you can basically win out a tournament and you get put into an, uh, an actual tournament with tier one teams. Ooh. And they actually also have an integration with game changers as well. So there's really? potentially going to be interaction between the pro leagues that's what they really want that the whole purpose of game changers is not just to show women competing at a high level it's to offer a realistic pathway for them to eventually maybe get picked up by a tier one integrated team you know at the global level so i i really want to see it like i i think um there are more and more women who are actually joining that game specifically like i i know so many streamers and all that who basically just love valorant and right what we've seen too is like they're they're playing at a very high level and the game itself is not mechanically like 
it's it's not you're not gate kept right by having to have insane APM or something mm-hmm. like uh, like StarCraft. So the overall playability of the game is much more universal. Like almost anybody can play Valorant at some level. Um, whereas like, I would say that if you're, unless you're really, really good, you're not going to be able to play Starcraft at any level. Like you're just, <laughs> you just can't. Um, I mean, so I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, I speak from yeah. experience on that one. <laughs> yeah. But you know, what's also interesting is, uh, females who make it to a, a high level in a game, right? They make it to, let's say, you know, high elo, GM challenge or whatever it is. Mm. They didn't get there by beating other female players. By beating everybody. They got they got there by beating everybody, you know? And so where is the justification that, oh, women are inherently worse than men at gaming when enough women have gotten to that highest level that, well, that clearly it's not just because they're, you know, like mm. female or male. It, it has to be maybe it's just hard to get to that level for anybody. Yeah. I mean, I think a good example of that is uh, one of my favorite people in all of esports ever. I'm not a big Fortnite guy. I think it's fun to play every once in a while, you know, casual game. But um, Fortnite was the the game that like blew up the esports world, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I and it especially uh, the, the, the Drake Juju and oh. then the World Cup thing. Yeah, it and the, it blew up my favorite esports org, Phase Clan. You know, ignoring <laughs> yeah. the shitty things that they've done. I grew up watching <laughs> FaZe Clan. I'm wearing a FaZe shirt right now. I like, you know, it's it's FaZe the fuck up forever over here. But yeah. um, FaZe Clan back when the World Cup happened, they like as it happened, they signed not only the youngest uh, player to ever join FaZe Clan, but also the first female player to ever join FaZe Clan. And that was Ewok. I love Ewok. Mm-hmm. And now Ewok is um, uh, male, uh, female to male trans. We we talk like pretty regularly. Sorry to. Oh, nice. You, sorry to out out you, Soleil, <laughs> for talking to a nerd like me. Um, <laughs> but like. Um, you know, more, more than anything, I just try to help kind of keep him grounded. Because, you know, he's mm-hmm. a he's a 17 year old boy. He's got all these big dreams in mind for the gym, and when they don't happen, he you know, I'm sure I'm sure you understand. You tend to get a little bit frustrated. Yeah, I mean, it's but, uh, like, it's tough. Yeah, but um, but you know, Ewok didn't get to that level by just beating other girl gamers. Ewok got there because they were just that good at the game. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you don't join FaZe Clan by accident. No. I, I, I think we've seen it. Like in uh, in League even, they have game changers now too, where it's it's less... Oh, I, I actually don't understand. It's less uh, like marketed than the Valorant. Um, the Valorant uh, game changer series is. Like, mm. I actually saw a bunch of them when they came here. I just happened to be at Riot and... Uh, they did it like, okay, we were going to take all these women. We're going to give them private coaching with pro coaches at the LCS level and see how they do. They're trying to help them improve, but there's no marketing around it. There is no like, well, let's put them on a stage with other females and compete and all that stuff. There's just nothing. There was, it was silence. I get, I mean, they told me it was okay. It's partially because they want to preserve privacy, 
Mm-hmm. But it was also like, I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, why not put this on some sort of platform like you did with Valorant, which was so successful? Because how, I mean, no matter how many women are switching to Valorant now, I mean, League is just a bigger game. It's the biggest esport in the entire world. But an entire half of our population doesn't feel like they could ever compete at the top level in that. That is that is weird because, I mean, even just when you consider... Riot's never marketed League of Legends. It's, At least not in America. It's very bizarre. Um, but it's yeah. so it's so much bigger than Valorant. They were pushing Valorant down my throat for like a year. Mm-hmm. It was it was actually like genuinely annoying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I my only thought is that League got so big already that they didn't feel like it was ROI positive to market it more. Like you're you're trying to get a one percent increase in your player base versus with Valorant, if you spend that much money, spend ten million dollars marketing it, you could maybe get a thirty percent increase in your player base. God, I I I feel like I feel like you're probably right, but that's such a stupid way to think about it. I I agree I because because <laughs> can you name a single esports org that you know is in the black every year? No, I mean they're all they're all like. I mean, FaZe Clan, Astralis, Cloud9, EG, they're, yeah. they're losing money. But it's they're not, all burning their money, yeah. But, it's, but at the same time, they're all still functioning. Mm-hmm. You know, like Riot, at the end of the day, it seems like they, they want to do something good with the League of Legends game changer, which I, I have not heard about. I might watch that just to, uh, you know, make, make people mad when I say, oh, yeah, I watch uh, League of Legends. That's the, the women's thing that's the women's MOBA right uh, <laughs> but but like they're trying to do a good thing but only if it makes them profit right that's that's the biggest issue like it's not I mean it's like every company right every company is in yeah. the end a company and it is about profit right but if you think long term if you got a 40% increase to your player base right if we have 50% of the population is women and you got 20% of them to start playing your game how much more money are you going to make? Even if just half of those people spend right. more money, that's more money that you weren't getting before. Exactly. Exactly. And there's, uh, I forget who it was. There's some a, a business guru or economist. They were like, don't worry about dragging every nickel and dime out of every person. Worry about getting more people to give you a nickel and a dime. Right? Like, exactly. If, if one person gives you, you know, all 100 of their dollars, but you get 10 people to give you $10, you're still getting a hundred dollars. Same thing. Exactly. Exactly. And then it actually, and I, so I've been, this is a big like proponent. I've made, I've been of, of, wow, what am I saying? I've been a big proponent <laughs> of basically looking at the long-term process of brand building, right? Like a lot of the work I do is free. I could mm-hmm. charge people for a lot of what I do and I do for certain things, but a lot of what I do is free. And the reason is that, in the end, I'd rather have 10 people know who I am, and then one of them may come to me at some other point to pay me for a service than to charge each person for the money up front. And then basically, you, you kind of get stuck, right? It's way more important to get wide before you get really, really narrow and deep. Exactly. Um, and, yeah. And I think Riot's done a great job getting wide, but now it's like, okay, well, why don't you expand to an, a completely untapped demographic right now that you have? That wants to play your game. Like I know so many women who 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 do play League of Legends, but it's like it's hard to play because you're mm-hmm. it's, everyone's so toxic in there, and there's no punishment <laughs> for anything. Um, 
Dota's the same way. Like the, the Dota yeah. player base has been declining, you know, hand over fist for years. And we're ignoring the million user peak of the uh, Dota auto chess craze. Um, yeah. You know, it like Valve, mean, Valve, Valve just is, has yeah. done nothing but lose money. And Valve, he, yeah. Valve, Valve is worse than Riot in that Valve doesn't seem like they have a plan. No, because they expect everybody else to do everything. Yeah. They they have yeah. the international and that's it. But then they go and fuck up the international too. Yeah. Like the International 10 had a price pool of $40 million. Jeez. Just imagine the Team Spirit won the International 10. They won about $5 million each. That's insane. And <laughs> like they won more than the entire prize pool for the International 11. Because, wow. because Valve decided we're not going to take this golden goose that we have and feed it. Instead, we're going to kill it because it has to be made of gold itself. And so they're not putting out stuff that people want to see. Hmm. And it's, it's frustrating to the community. You know, I'm not sure much like riot where it's like, they've got this opportunity, but they don't take it. Yeah, for sure. Because, for sure. Cause Dota loses players. It, it never truly gains players. It's on steam. People are going to find it, you know? Yeah. You know, it's not exactly as hidden as league of legends, but like it loses players constantly because people just don't like what's going in. Whereas riot yeah. riot has to find players, but they choose not to anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it does seem like, you know, from, from being in the, the league community, it feels like the, all the attention and all the resource and all the effort has shifted to Valorant. And mm -hmm. it's it's almost blatantly obvious, right? Like all the thoughts that, um, you know, people have had in high low league about how to fix the game, how to fix the community, they've applied to Valorant already. Oh, no. They, they've applied everything to Valorant. Like everything that we wanted in the league community is already in Valorant now, like voice comms. Uh, MMR is openly described so that you know how your rank is improving. Wait, like, you, so you guys many... still don't have vo voice comms? No, league refuses to add voice comms. They say what? it's going to be too toxic, as if it could be any more toxic than it is. Even uh, Valve fixed that. Yeah. They're, like Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Even um, Valve like has a solution to toxicity over voice chat. I mean, one of the nicest things that Dota has that I saw is you can choose to never play with another player again. Yep. Uh, so long as you have Dota Plus. Ah, uh, okay. But, but see, that's like that, four dollars a month. Is, yeah, but you could just you know how many people I would pay for that. I would pay for <laughs> that to never see some of these people ever again in my life. Like plus, in game. Plus you plus you get a lot of other benefits with Dota Plus. So that's it's what not, I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's so easy. This is such an easy marketing angle. My God, if League, like I okay, I said this in a tweet the like way back a few months ago. I was like, if League had a subscription service where you pay ten dollars a month to play the game, but you're put into actual moderated queues where super toxic people or enters are just kicked out of the queue and they can't play with you anymore, you know how many people would pay that? Like so to be permanently in a in an actual like have like lobby where nobody's just running it down and flaming and all this like it would be you don't have to make it a free game anymore i would pay for that because <laughs> i love the game dota also, dota also has a uh a behavior score 
where yeah. the, the lower your behavior score gets, the lower your priority gets. So they, they give you what's called low priority cues where it's just toxic yeah. people. Oh yeah. That's, that's amazing. Keep them all with each other. You know, like it's always the people who like come in and ruin the game for four other people on your team. It sucks. Like mm. I've been in so many games like that where like me and three other people are just trying our absolute best working together, being super supportive. And one person just decides I'm having a bad day. <laughs> I'm going to straight run it down on you and then I'm going to flame you the whole game. Like, and then you have to sit through 40 minutes of that. Like it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And then what happens is long-term that makes everybody toxic. Cause you can only have that happen to you so many times in a row before you start doing things like, Oh yeah. To you, Cause you're already angry. You're like, man, screw this game. Screw these people. Uh, I've been in that position where like I get ran down a couple of games in a row and then the next game is theoretically winnable, but I'm already tilted. So, you know, I'm just not playing well, or I get more irritated by things I normally wouldn't actually care too mm -hmm. much about. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think fixing toxicity should be a priority for all these companies. Yeah. And it just sucks that like a lot of the fixes theoretically that could work are being implemented in their new game, but not in their old one. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and like, in in Valorant and CS:GO, there's only so much you can do when it comes to like fixing toxicity, yeah. where like you can mute people. Uh, in in CS, you uh, if somebody is getting reported too often for like voice com abuse, they're just they load into the match muted. That's amazing. Love that. And <laughs> and you can choose to unmute them. It's a mistake. Don't do it. <laughs> the gamer word will come out. Um, yeah. yeah. I got I got banned off of Twitch one time because somebody Someone said else. yeah uh, and like somebody else yeah that sucks that happens way too often in CS:GO which like it's a Valve game I expected at this point um, yeah yeah but man it's it's just crazy it's it's just crazy you know because these are staples they're old games you know mm -hmm. but hey. Uh, one last topic uh, that mm -hmm. I wanted to get your opinion on. The Liver King got exposed. Yeah, man. Uh, when you when you sent that to me, I was like, "What?" I know who the Liver King is. Mm -hmm. But then I, I read all that. I'm like, of course. Like, look at him. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Seriously. There is no, I mean, I, I, go, I go through a lot because I, I know some people who are very much into the uh, natural remedies for everything, you know, ancestral mm -hmm. knowledge, all that stuff. But like, dude, you look at that guy. There's no way he's not on roids. He has the HGH gut. I mean, like, there's there's that. The fact that his nipples are pointed both down and sideways. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he's yeah. got gyno. He's got like, and yeah, it's it's <laughs> like he is the definition. Like anyone who's been around bodybuilding at all looks mm -hmm. at him one glance. You're like, yeah, he's not natural. The man looks like Ronnie Coleman did when he was natural. And Ronnie Coleman yeah. is the absolute freakiest human to ever exist. Yeah. Like, I mean, debatable when was Ronnie Coleman ever natural, but... <laughs> uh, up until he was about 30. He's been pretty open about it. Really? Yeah, yeah. He said that, he, like, up until the age of about 30, he was natural. And then he decided that, you know, he, he just couldn't keep competing and losing. I, 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 I'm still, I'm still really skeptical though with that you know, like you, you look at the mass that that guy has, and you think about like, I, I, it just doesn't make sense that he would get to that level when everyone else is juicing and he's not. See, but he wasn't winning. 
at the open at like the IFBB Pro open level. Yeah, yeah. But but even competing, right? Everyone else on that stage is juicing. But but I don't know. He he's one of those that are just absolutely freaky because like obviously Ar- Arnold I, 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 is Arnold is the <laughs> the goat. You know, right. there's no question Arnold tops everybody. But then you look at Ronnie Coleman, he was the perfect combination of mass plus uh, plus aesthetics, you know. Nobody has done it better than him since him yeah but and, i mean do you think arnold, arnold was was clean oh no arnold talks about steroids all the time oh yeah he, he, that he was back in the, that was back in the day when it wasn't even a bad thing yeah if you were no, a bodybuilder he, you steroids he no there's there's no such thing as somebody who yeah, there's no such thing as an olympian who's clean <laughs> no yeah i mean we they, that got exposed bad um but yeah the, like with, uh, you see that documentary uh was it Pumping iron. One about Russia. Yeah, no, no, no. One about Russia. Um, uh, Icarus. Icarus Falls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh-huh. I mean, they they basically came out and said, yeah, not one Olympian at this level is. <laughs> Dude, I, but, but you know, people see the Liver King, and I, I get a lot of people aren't around like the fitness space. They don't know that you know that's not achievable they see Dwayne Johnson talking about how he only took steroids one time when he was 18 oh man that guy is that guy is so huge and There's the no funny way. Dwayne Johnson literally said that he tried it one time when he was like 18 got gyno from it and never touched it again it's like well first of all how'd you get rid of the gyno yeah, where are your, where that, are your that, scars man that also that's not how that works <laughs> But like, yeah. you know, unless you're yeah, the yeah, world's yeah. biggest hyper responder. Yeah. But like, the, and I was fine with the liver king until he comes out on a podcast and just outright says that he has never taken steroids. And I was like, oh, buddy, no, 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 no. You yeah. can, and, you just gave away pitching, the game. And you're, and you're pitching uh, an alternative lifestyle that isn't necessarily all bad. But you just completely like so. Someone I know, Sony. Uh, he's a Warcraft streamer, mm. um, huge guy, really into like natural fitness. He's buff. He's he's huge. Sure, but sure. like when you look at his body, very reasonably is natural. Like he doesn't mm. look bloated and like you know he's just a buff guy who clearly right. trains really hard all the time. Right. Uh, he had a tweet the other day, and he's like, "Man, the the worst thing about this whole Liver King thing is that he's like." completely devaluing those of us who like actually are trying yeah. to pitch a healthy lifestyle. Like yeah. the message that he had wasn't bad, but now you've completely ruined it by claiming that you got this with, without any sort of assistance. And then guess what? It turns out you're on $10,000 a month worth of steroids. Yeah. It just, just ridiculous, just ridiculous. And I think, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why um, plates for dates decided to like make the video entirely um mm-hmm. and for those for those people that don't know um Derek from moreplatesmoredates.com uh has a YouTube channel literally one of the best sources to go to when it comes to any kind of like supplementation steroids anything like that um don't take steroids unless yeah. you need to because it it's dangerous and will fuck you up yeah um, but yeah. at the end of I the mean, day I... hey your your deal's your deal right I've I've had a I've had a lot of friends who did a lot of steroids when I was in the military, um, you know. And you go to the army; it's it's very very common. Uh, but uh, yeah, I agree. If you're not like okay, 
I'm not going to tell someone not to ever, ever do steroids because I think mm. at, at the end of the day, it's a decision you have to have. You have to understand right. the risks right. and consequences. You have to understand the effects. But right. if you are literally a competitive bodybuilder and you want to go IFBB pro and you are maxing out your, your training and your diet and it. your recovery and you, you, just, you need to get to that level, by all means, you need to take steroids because that's your goal. But then like, you need to find a trainer, a coach. Yeah, you need, you need, you to, need find to find a doctor. A doctor. You, need to, <laughs> you need to do it the right way. And I know people who have done that, you know, and it's it's fine by me. Like you're doing it to the best of your ability. If that's your goal, that's the only way you're going to get there. But for the average person, like, you know, a lot of the guys I've known who would taken steroids, it was like to cut a corner where, mm -hmm. look, you've been training for less than two years. You're not making the gains you want yet. And you're not honestly doing that much in terms of dieting and like taking care of yourself. So you want to just cheat and basically jump to the level that it looks like you're, you know, a, a fitness model or whatever. And right. a lot of them, it's like they won't get to the level of the liver king, but they'll do a little bit, you know, they'll, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll put on like 20 pounds of muscle and cut a bunch of fat. Like they'll right. do some windmill or like whatever. Right. They'll look more like a, like a physique competitor than. Exactly. Uh, but then uh, <laughs> what, that, what that does though is it creates this mental reliance and crutch on it where yeah. every summer you're going to cut. Oh, when you cut, what are you going to do? You're going to take some windfall or you're going to take, you're going to take a little bit of test, you know, to boost that metabolism. And then right. like, it becomes this thing where you constantly feel like, even if you're in really good shape that you're dependent on this stuff. And th that's the worst thing about it. That's the most dangerous thing. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. And then you see somebody like the liver King who, and God, have you seen his apology? Oh, no, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I, I made the mistake of watching the Joe Rogan podcast or listening oh, to yeah. it. I didn't watch yeah. it um, yeah. because he had Derek from moreplacemoredates.com on there. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I need, I need to know what they say about the liver king, you know? And so they start listening to his apology. They had to turn it off because it was so stupid. And basically he goes like, you know, I'm, I lied. I fucked up. I did yeah. this because of the 4,000 young men every day that kill themselves oh, god but, and he, then he, he turned into a like a like he was doing the right thing or something and then he talks about and it's like okay sure you wanted to get big on social media because you wanted to spread a message of positivity and it turned yeah. and he said that he wanted to spread this message through his lifestyle that he had been practicing and how he had felt good mentally but then he goes i started doing hormone replacement therapy because I wasn't feeling good physically or mentally. My guy, hold Jeez. the fuck on. Yeah, go, go talk to a psychologist or something. Like, Jeez. And it's yeah, like... But, uh, the crazy thing is, like, I, I, was, I was saying this actually under that, uh, that Sony tweet. I was like, if he just didn't do steroids, I guarantee he'd be jacked anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, the oh, dude's yeah. in good shape. Like, he would be a muscular, very healthy-looking man who would still inspire millions of young kids, I guess. <laughs> you know, and, would, and would still be bright red every day. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Uh, but it also speaks to uh, people who are like that, who, who go that route, probably have an insane amount of insecurity. Mm -hmm. And like he's, he, he's, he did say that he was very insecure, which like, yeah, abs absolutely. I mean, a huge part of the reason why people start training for aesthetics, like he obviously did, mm -hmm. is because of insecurity. Like the guy yeah. look, the guy looks good for a reason. Like I don't look good in, in my physique. I also am not at a place in my life where I can train for aesthetics. I have to lift 500 pound treadmills every, you know, almost every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm at the point where I just got to be able to lift it, man. No matter what <laughs> muscles get used. 
I, I've gotten to the point where, uh, you know, like everyone's like kind of joking, like I, I'm obviously pretty into aesthetics, but at the same time, like I just mm. do it as a habit. I don't actually train that hard because I don't really need to. It's habitual. Right. Like I, I always tell people I've trained like six, seven days a week for the last like 15 years. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to do that much. Like, it's not like I have any magic workout or I do anything super <laughs> insane. You know, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't kill myself in the gym. I probably work out to like an eight out of 10 exertion most of the time. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. You know, cause you don't, you're, like you just, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the goal. still, a, you, that's still a lot more than most people should be training to. I, I oh, want I that know, to be out there publicly. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what I tell people. You should not be training as much as I do. I'm yeah. only training this frequently and, and to this level because I've been doing it forever. Like, I, t- I tell people if you're sore the next day, you need you need to look at yeah. like if that's a good thing for you. Right. Take the day off or stretch or whatever. Um, I actually I do do that. So if I hit a day really hard, like deadlifts is a big one, squats is a big one. If I hit that day really hard, and I wake up exhausted. A lot of times I really tone down that day's workout or I don't even do it. Like mm-hmm. I will make that a rest day, just kind of ju- judging how my body feels. Um, but that's what I try to tell. That's what I try to educate a lot of people on. It's like, learn to listen to your body. Like that's mm-hmm. so important. Any trainer can give you a program, but if you can't learn to listen to yourself, you're going to end up having issues long-term. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's a problem. Like I sell fitness equipment. I also sell wellness stuff which is mm-hmm. massage chairs i tell people like it's it's just as important the wellness side of everything whether it's you know a massage gun to activate the muscles and get them you know the blood flowing a foam roller to be able to you know get the blood flowing that way or a massage chair to just do basically everything that you need you know you gotta you gotta actually look at that if you're looking to train hard but yeah. um yeah but i but you're a busy man dr si i'm not trying to do uh <laughs> I'm not trying to keep you for too long. Is there uh, is there any last words you'd like to get in? Anything that you'd like to plug? Um, no, I mean, I appreciate you having me on again. It's uh, good to have a conversation again with you. I uh, always enjoy it. Um, if anyone wants to follow me, just hit me up on my socials. I'm most active on Twitter. So it's at Dr. Jordan Sai, uh, mostly gaming, fitness, a little bit of shit posting. But uh, I appreciate you having me again. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. And every, everything Dr. Sai will be linked uh, down in the descriptions below. You can find uh, this episode tomorrow on uh, or today, I guess, if you're listening to it <laughs> after Thursday, December 8th. Um, you can find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, and maybe other places. I don't remember where all we're on, to be honest. But yeah, this will be the first Dr. Sai episode that goes on our audio platforms, which super excited cool. about. Sorry that Jason couldn't be here. He was the one that was hey. uh, keeping our production quality up. Yeah. I'm just here with uh, the, the Discord and uh, and a nice little camera there. But uh, no worries, yeah. no worries. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate you so much. You are quite literally the person that I look up to the most and love talking to the most. So uh, I appreciate it. So yeah, with with that being said, uh, I don't. I'm not Jason. I don't have fancy credits, but uh, roll clones.